Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. President Biden has a massive economic decision to make, but he just can't seem to pull the trigger. Two contenders emerging for the top job at the Federal Reserve. Who will that person be? Will it be Jay Powell? Will it be Lael Brainerd? We don't know, but the decision seems to be getting a little bit closer. We went from imminent to a bit of indecisiveness from the White House, given the fact that the president has yet to even make a decision. It's so insightful to learn how a president makes the consequence decisions of his tenure. Um, and certainly this is one that could have real impact on Americans' lives. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Jonathan Lemire, White House Bureau Chief for Politico. Jonathan Lemire on the biggest decision that Biden just can't seem to make. So President Biden right now is actually facing one of the more consequential decisions of his first year in office at a time with real economic uncertainty, fears about rising inflation and supply chain issues. He has to decide whether or not to reappoint the current chair of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell. Uh, or go in another direction uh, and nominate someone else. And the timelines on this have been shifting and delayed. He had said it last week that it was coming soon. Then he gave a more specific timeline that it would be four days. Then his aides suggested that it would come instead rather sometime before Thanksgiving. And we heard that from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki again on Friday. Uh, and this is reflective of a larger way the president does things. He it can be rather deliberative and to some, even some of his close advisors, rather indecisive. Uh, he takes his time making consequential decisions. He talks to aides. He talks, talks to outside experts. He wants as many facts and opinions as he can. He sometimes can be very hard on his aides uh, if they're not delivering information in an easily digestible way, something he can sell to the public. Uh, and he tends to go over and over and over these conversations. Um, and some believe that he has at times uh, cost himself uh, politically uh, by his deliberations. Yeah. Tell me a bit more about that, because in your story, you kind of trace this throughout his presidency and, and really his career in politics, even before he took office, um, how he's worked in this similar way, taking a really long time with decisions. Um, I mean, how has this played out over his political career? There are times where he can be very stubborn once he has made a decision. Uh, for instance, on Afghanistan, when he was even vice president, he thought the U.S. troops should come home. He stayed consistent to that and, of course, then pulled them out this past August and didn't waver even when the first few days of the withdrawal were rather tumultuous. But what this is, this shows that Joe Biden is once and forever a senator. It is the world's greatest deliberative body. That's their nickname, and they're proud of it. Uh, and he believes in it and act conducts himself in that way where he, whether he was in the Senate, which he was for 36 years, and then of course his eight years as vice president. And now in his first year as the president of the United States, uh, he likes to take his time with these decisions. He likes to hear out all sides of an issue. And some of his advocates suggest that can be to his benefit at times. They point to the debate in Congress about his legislative agenda, that it did took months. And, you know, he allowed Republicans and Democrats to have their voices heard, the competing factions within the Democratic Party, and eventually reached consensus. The infrastructure bill has been signed into law, and the larger reconciliation package that passed the House on Friday. So those who think that this is working for the president point to that. Others say, even if it got to the end result, it was a tortured process longer than it needed to be. And we see reflective in the president's poor poll numbers uh, that a lot of Americans were turned off uh, by the complicated sausage making process in Washington. And those believe the president should have been more forceful and gotten things done sooner. 
Let's talk a little more about the decision at hand right now for who is going to be in charge of the central bank, of the Federal Reserve. You mentioned that Biden could reappoint Jerome Powell, who is in that seat right now. Um, Who else could he choose? And sort of what's at stake in this choice? Officials have said he's narrowed down his choice to two, you know, with the caveat, of course, that a wildcard entry could enter at the last minute. But most likely, it would be indeed Jerome Powell or Lael Brainard, who's a Democrat and economist who served on the Fed board since 2014, uh, who is much more of a favorite of some of the more progressives in the party, some of whom have a direct line to White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Um, and has been supported by the Elizabeth Warren, uh, for instance, who is herself has been very critical of Jerome Powell. This decision matters quite a bit for any president, uh, but particularly at a time like this. This is the first time inflation has become a major storyline uh, for Americans in more than three decades, even close to four. Uh, and certainly no one's suggesting it's runaway inflation yet. Mm-hmm. There's great debate, though, how long it will be here. The White House believes it's transitory and could be gone in a few months. Others suggest it's here to stay longer than that. Uh, but how the Federal Reserve handles interest rates will play a big role in how the nation responds to inflation. A mistake could be significantly damaging. And this is a decision the president is not taking lightly. And we quote Steve Ratner, who's a senior, who was a senior economic advisor to former President Obama. Uh, and I'll just say that he said this, it's hard to imagine a more critical time to have the right Fed chair, he said for, for my story that published Friday. You have accelerating inflation in an economy that is still recovering. It is vital to have the right hand on the wheel. So the stakes are high and the president is taking his time to make sure he makes the right decision. So this could have significant economic effects for everyday Americans. What's at stake politically in this decision? Like, who is pushing him in one direction or another? And who could he, you know, get angry um, as a result of who he chooses? Most of the members of his own party, and frankly, quite a few Republicans, uh, and the majority of his economic team suggest he should reappoint Powell, that it's not the time for a a major change in course, uh, that they that the economy had largely rallied out of the pandemic under Powell's policies, and that though, yes, to there is some second guessing that they should have seen this inflation wave come sooner than they did, uh, that they feel like this is still something that Powell is best equipped to handle. It is a smaller group of people who think that he should make the change, more of the progressives. Um, it is, you know, but Biden is listening to both sides, and it certainly could impact everyday Americans, but Biden politically as well. This is the storyline right now, the supply chain issues, rising consumer prices, inflation, uh, especially as we head into the holidays and Americans are paying you know, so much more than they were for things like milk and gas uh, and struggling potentially to put Christmas presents under the tree. When you're in charge, the president himself has said this, you know, you get the wrath, you get the praise or the wrath of the voters. Um, so certainly this would be damaging to him politically. His poll numbers are already pretty low. Um, White House aides hope that the passage of his legislation will send that turning in the other direction. But we are now less than a year from the midterms. Uh, and certainly if the economy is is a problem, that is a terrible thing for a president and for his party. Uh, and Democrats, of course, already uh, hold such slim majorities in both houses of Congress. What do you think the fact that this decision has become one of these instances of Biden taking a long time, taking his time, listening to you know, so many sides being so deliberative of this process. What do you think the fact that the Fed chair choice has become one of these decisions tells us about like 
Biden's thought process here about what he's thinking about these two candidates? I mean, you mentioned that most people seem to be in favor of Powell. Is there anything we can glean from the fact that he hasn't just already announced that it is Powell and that he hasn't made a decision yet? I think there are two important things we can draw from this. One is just it shows just how critical this decision is. The Biden in particular is known for taking his time uh, on the major uh you know, inflection points that he faces. For instance, as we cite uh, in the story, he went back and forth when he was vice president with uh, Mitch McConnell, who is the Republican leader, about negotiations on behalf of President Obama, trying to keep the government open at times. He, earlier this year, you know, ahead of the summit with Vladimir Putin in Geneva, would have called extra meetings in the Situation Room with his national security team. You know, the White House would have to throw out that day's schedule because he kept wanting to go over and over his options for that summit. So I think this is reflective of how important the decision is. But also, the other lesson to draw from this would be the push and pull for, for Biden as he views himself as a president. Uh, how big does he want to go? How liberal does he want to be? You know, we'd see, we've heard him, you know, evoke FDR and LBJ as those who have really revamped the government and expanded the social safety net uh, for Americans. And certainly the president is trying to do that as well with his uh, Build Back Better Act, uh, that legislation. And I I think that he is looking here at the Powell decision. He's at least weighing the possibility of making an unconventional choice uh, along perhaps uh, along those same sort of progressive lines. Last question before I let you go here. Um, Biden's pushed back this decision a few times already. The latest is that he hopes to make one before Thanksgiving. You think that's actually going to happen? We shall see. But that timeline has slipped a few times before, and I don't think anyone would suggest uh, that it couldn't slip further. But I'll say, even within the White House, there are two camps on this. Some of the president's aides believe that a delay isn't a bad thing, because no matter who he picks, there will be at least some senators who will object to the choice. And he needs all of those senators' votes to get through the reconciliation package done, uh, which they hope will be by the end of the year, through the upper chamber. Uh, And then there are others who say, no, the decision needs to be made right away. This period of uncertainty around inflation, around interest rates is bad for the markets. uh, And that if they are spooked, uh, they could be rattled further and have devastating or at least some unnerving impacts for the economy, which, of course, would not be good for the president's political standing. Uh, So even on the timeline of this decision, there's a there's a debate. Jonathan Lemire, thanks so much for talking with me. My pleasure. Hope to do it again soon. Also today, White House advisor Brian Deese says he's optimistic the Senate will pass President Biden's social spending legislation despite concerns from moderate Democrats. Speaking to Fox News Sunday, the National Economic Council director described the passing of the $1.7 trillion bill in the House as a, quote, milestone, which would likely add fuel to Senate Democrats' efforts to get the bill on the president's desk by the end of the year. He also said he expected the bill would not shrink despite likely scrutiny from lawmakers like Senators Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. The Senate is evenly divided, so all 50 Democrats and Vice President Kamala Harris must back the legislation for it to pass over the opposition of all Republicans. And 
With Thanksgiving on the horizon, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says he does not expect federal worker vaccine mandates to affect holiday travel. Requirements for civilian federal employees kick in today. And speaking to NBC, Buttigieg said, quote, I have seen no indication the vaccine requirements are going to impact travel in any way, certainly in terms of our ability as a federal administration to provide the services that are needed. He said 99% of the transportation department's employees have submitted information on their vaccination status and defended the requirements as necessary measures to end the pandemic and protect employees. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.